to another episode of Strange Sauna. This one is a steamer for you guys. This one will be a steamy episode, okay? We're going to be talking about those red shoes, the red shoe conspiracy, you know, that red shoe club conspiracy, whatever the hell you want to call it. From the bloodstained soles of Egyptian butchers all the way to Dorothy's infamous ruby red slippers in The Wizard of Oz, red shoes have left their footprint throughout history. This involves ancient traditions along with fashion and entertainment. Red shoes have long been a potent form of footwear, cladding the feet of ballerinas, nobles, popes, to pop stars. However, there is a dark conspiracy tied to the red shoes as well. It embroils red shoes with witchcraft and conspiracies involving child sacrifice. We're going to dive into it all, folks, so hold on to your butts. So let's look at the history of red shoes and high heels, okay? Because this really does go back all the way to ancient history. In ancient Egypt, people from the lower class usually walked and worked barefoot, while murals from 3500 BC depict the higher class wearing early versions of high-heeled shoes. So the wealthy people would wear the high heels, walking around looking all pretty, saying, you lonely peasant, you wish you could have my beautiful high heels. Uh, men wore the high heels too, everybody. It wasn't just, uh, just, it wasn't just the ladies. The shoes made from flexible leather pieces held together with lacings were designed to resemble the symbol Ankh, the ancient Egyptian hieroglyph which represents the concept of life. Both females and males from the upper class wore high-heeled shoes only for ceremonial purposes, though. However, historical records show that butchers, yes, butchers in ancient Egypt wore high-heeled shoes. Can you imagine? You go to the butcher shop and you're like, hey, Bill, uh, yeah, give me a slab of that, you know, rib rack. I'm gonna, he's like, okay. Walking around in his high heels, oh boy. I don't know if they're like super stiletto-y, but I, you know, I imagine they have some heels on them. So this is saying Egyptian butchers wore high-heeled shoes in order to walk above the blood of the slaughtered animals. So it makes sense. Let's not get your feet all bloody, right? In the Middle East, high heels were also perceived as an object of functionality. Persian horse riders, they wore high heel shoes because this helped hold the foot in the stirrups and keep them still when they needed to stand up and shoot their arrows at people. Wow. Okay, I can see that. Also, King Louis the 14th. King Louis the 14th of France, the Sun King, uh, I say that uh, it's Trump's protege. His whole Trump Tower was loaded up in King Louis kind of attire, gold and all this stuff. King Louis also wore red high-heeled shoes. Now... There was this also, like, tie-in with the, uh, when Balenciaga kind of blew up. The red sold shoes of Louis Vuitton. There was a conspiracy that that's why those were red on the bottom as well, because the blood, you know, the blood sacrifice walking on bloody areas and all this stuff. Everyone's real angry over the Balenciaga pedo ads. Wait until they find out about the Louis Vuitton red sole shoes and what they're really made from. And I'm like, okay, 
But I did find an article that said that the Louis Vuitton inspiration was he looked at a drawing and then colored it with some, uh, you know, lipstick or something. He filled it in on a drawing. He's like, that looks awesome. So uh, let's look at the Pope. Red papal shoes have traditionally been worn by popes for centuries. The red shoes are symbolic for martyrs' blood. Ah, corresponding to those willing to die for the faith, as well as a symbol of passion of the Christ. The red shoe origins tie back to the Roman Empire. Historically, dyes of certain colors were more difficult to obtain, so their use was limited. This created a symbolic association to the certain societal status. So, yeah, I mean, red dye, okay, I guess it's hard to get, so you go, ooh, you got the red dye? Where'd you get that? Oh, you got that? Oh, you lucky son of a... You know. The Romans gave the name mules to a light pair of shoes colored with a red dye derived from the ocean-dwelling fish called the mulet, the mullet, or the mule. The Pope's shoes are flat-soled shoes made of Morocco leather or red cloth for the winter and silk for the summer. Silk shoes? Really? You're going to try to bust that out in the summer? That's going to stink, man. They are fastened with red silk laces ending in golden tassels. Oh, boy. A gold stripe runs around the edges, and the cross is embroidered on the front surface because the Pope offers his foot for the faithful to kiss. What? You're going to kiss a foot? You better, if you're faithful. Come on now. Kiss my foot. Red shoes seem to have a complicated relationship with womanhood and beauty. Summer Brennan, the author of High Heels. I bet you've all heard of that. (laughs) I don't even know if it's a magazine or a book. I don't know. States that, quote, red has all sorts of taboo associations with women that we may not always be aware of. In some cultures... Red is understandably associated with fire, and so with the devil or sin, you know, you have sinfulness. It's a color that says stop, but it can also stop you in your tracks in a good way. Oh, winky, winky. It's the color of blood and is therefore associated with violence, but also with sexuality, menstruation, fertility, and birth. And in other cultures, such as Indian and China, Red is considered a bridal color and a color of good luck. Now, Brennan points out that red has often been connected with royalty and authority. Quote, I think if red shoes tell us anything about power, it's about where power comes from and what we think it entails, she adds. It has to do with destruction and creation and who is the center of attention and the freedom to express and pursue desire. Ooh. Creation and destruction, destruction and creation. That's like the rise of the phoenix, you know. Uh, She goes on, says, and of course, it's about resources. Since throughout much of history, the people most likely to wear red shoes were the ones who were rich. Am I right? Because of those hard to find dyes that you could dye these shoes red. So it just makes sense, people, doesn't it? Red shoe symbolism. So I found a couple things that talk about the symbolism of red shoes, what it could mean, you know what I mean, on a deeper level here. Red shoes have been associated with several things across religions and cultures. In the spiritual world, red shoes are a sign of divine leading. Really? 
The red shoe you wear carries an energy that illuminates your soul. It connects your soul to a higher frequency of light. And this is where the divine leading comes from. Don't know about that. I mean, I'll have to get some red shoes, I guess, right? I don't know. There's this negative connotation now with red shoes. It's, it's really weird. You know, I, I don't own any. And I'm hesitant to buy any now because it's like, what? But, again, they're saying that you kind of have this uh, illuminating energy. You know, it illuminates your soul when you wear these things. Wearing red shoes can be uh, could give you determination. It's a it's a uh, it signifies passion and determination. If you dream of wearing red shoes, it is an indication that you are passionate about accomplishing a task. All of these meanings are attached to wearing red shoes, either in real life or in dreams. Now, uh, it can also mean danger. Okay, now this is uh, it's kind of a wishy-washy kind of a, like, what? So I'm determined, but I'm also in danger? So red shoes can be symbolic of danger. Anytime you see a red shoe on fire, it is called, quote, fire on the mountain symbolism. <laughs> that is, there is negative energy around you, which has made you vulnerable to spiritual attacks. Now, that is a thing, people. I mean... You can definitely either purposefully or from a hex have some of this uh, weird energy around you. And it could make you vulnerable to these spiritual attacks. Now, we're going to get into some of these red shoe uh, in entertainment, like the, the videos and, and movies and whatnot where you see red shoes kind of be uh, come to the forefront. But being vulnerable to these spiritual attacks, it's just it makes me think of the Kate Bush song, which we're going to talk about. The Kate Bush song called Red Shoes. She had a whole album called The Red Shoes, so we'll get there. But first, let's dive into The Wizard of Oz. When Dorothy's house lands on the Wicked Witch of the East, the witch gets smashed. The ruby red shoes are still visible. And all of a sudden, you have the Wicked Witch of the West show up in this poof of smoke. And she's trying to get these red shoes. But then a good witch, Glinda. You all remember Glinda? She magically transports the ruby slippers onto Dorothy's feet and tells her to keep them on as they must be very powerful. Now think about this. This is like witches and red shoes and the red shoes giving people power. There's something there. There's something there with the movie and the entertainment business. Um, during the movie... You discover that the ruby slippers protect Dorothy and were her ticket home, right? Because she had to just click her, tap her heels three times and repeat the words, there's no place like home. The author of Wizard of Oz, L. Frank Baum, originally made the slippers uh, silver. So they were originally silver in the, in the book. But uh, Baum was also a noted occultist with ties to theosophy? One of many, a unification of all religions. So this, this is a unification of religion, and they blend them all together. And it was popular in the late 19th century. Uh, that is an episode all by itself, The Wizard of Oz. It, it's crazy the connections you can make with that movie. A side note that those ruby slippers were reportedly stolen from a museum. Now, I didn't really get this because they're supposed to be around five to ten pairs of these slippers made. But there was only one pair that was 
more valuable than the others, I guess. And so it was put into a museum. Uh, so it was stolen in 2005. The slippers were loaned to the museum in 2005 by a collector named Michael Shaw. The museum suggested to Shaw that they store the slippers in a vault each night. However, Shaw rejected the offer because he didn't want people handling the valuable slippers on a daily basis. And he was sure that the museum's general security would suffice. However, the shoes were stolen from the museum and they were insured up to $1 million. And because of this, because he didn't really do the effort to, you know, get these things locked up and follow the chain of custody and, and you know, protect them as much as you could, people believed that Shaw had organized the robbery in order to cash out the insurance payout. And the insurance company, suspecting a fraudulent claim, sued Shaw, and they took him to court, and they ended up just settling. In 2007, Shaw ended up getting $800,000. So in the end, he got his money. And it was, so everybody's like, I think he did it on purpose, bro. I think he did. Again, I mean, you can look this up. There's about five to ten. No one really knows how many pairs of shoes uh, the ruby red slippers from the Wizard of Oz there are. But for some reason, this one got insured up to $1 million. Very, very strange. Now, let's look at some other stuff here. Okay, I got a little clip for you. The Red Shoes and the Seven Dwarves. Now, this movie is about Snow White who steals a pair of red shoes to transform herself into a princess. Right? So we're talking about the red shoes having power. Witches want them. Hmm. If you put them on, it makes you beautiful. It gives you power. It gives you determination. Hmm. But it gives you danger. Remember, they're dangerous. Meanwhile, a witch's curse turns seven brave princes into dwarves, forcing them to seek out the princess, hoping for a kiss to break that spell. Together, they must face Snow White's wicked stepmother, who will stop at nothing to get her precious shoes back. And along the way... They learn that true beauty lies within. Oh, isn't that what's so true, right? So again, you have a, a witch trying to get these powerful shoes. So let's watch this, everybody, because this is very, very telling. There she is. But this fairy tale is she about gets the red to get apple. A whole new twist. Huh? My shoes! Get her! Okay, so here you see it, right? She steals the red apple. That forbidden knowledge. They turn the red apple turns into red shoes. She slips them on and becomes a beautiful. And then she runs away. She's in danger immediately. As soon as she puts those on, she's in danger. No! Oh, head down. We need to find the most beautiful woman to kiss us and reverse the curse. Having the red shoes on makes you desirable. Could be. Why are they after you? It's my shoes. Yeah. They're magical. They're magical. You know, you want those shoes. They're powerful. They give you power. They give you determination. They give you good looks. They make you desirable. But you're also in danger the entire time you wear those red shoes. And you're not yourself. You're not yourself. You become someone else. Let's get into the red shoe story. This was a cautionary fairy tale. 
where you have the red shoes that lead the heroine to rather gruesome ends. This one's really gruesome. That is the case for the red shoes. The red shoes is a morbid story of a woman named Karen, the very first Karen, okay? And this Karen deserves it. No, I'm just kidding. She covets and subsequently acquires a pair of shiny red leather shoes. When she wears these red shoes to church, she is condemned by an angel to dance herself to death. In desperation, she has her feet amputated. <laughs> they continue to dance. The feet continue to dance after they're cut off. And they're all disembodied, and then they just go off into the forest somewhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. I have a little clip here that I want to play. This is a guy on TikTok. Let's talk about the red shoes. This version is the scariest one I could find online. It starts off with a woman leaving her unfaithful husband and moving into a new apartment with her daughter, but she found some shoes on a subway and she decided to take them home. These red shoes made her feel something that she's never felt before. Whenever somebody sees the shoes, it causes envy in them. The woman's best friend actually tries to take the shoes from her and ends up dying. The shoes start to cause hysteria, greed, and nightmares. The woman mm. keeps trying to get rid of the shoes because she realizes now that the shoes are cursed. However, the shoes keep coming back, but now they keep coming back to her daughter. She now realizes that the shoes are out to kill her and her daughter. After digging deep and asking all around the town, she finds out the history behind the shoes. Whenever somebody tries to steal the shoes, they die with their feet chopped off. Mm. And this is exactly why you shouldn't mess with anything that doesn't belong to you. It might just be cursed. Oh, isn't that true? That's the truth, baby. How morbid, right? You know, these red shoes, they can give you a desire, lust, and all this stuff, but then when you put them on, uh-oh, you feel like you need to cut your feet off. So now this, this leads into Kate Bush, okay? You all might remember Kate Bush from Stranger Things. Her song just took off. Yes, Kate Bush has a song called The Red Shoes. This is from her 1993 album, The Red Shoes. It pays homage to the dark frenzy at the heart of the Andersons fairy tale and with its lyrics telling a similar story of a young woman who's made to dance until her legs fall off. Her accompanying short film, The Cross, The Line, and The Curve, featuring a startlingly monobrowed Miranda Richardson, places another pair of red ballet shoes at the center of the narrative. And I have this for you, and I want to play this, and then I want to talk about Kate Bush a little bit again, all right? This is going to be a seven-minute video. I want to watch the whole thing because this thing's like a movie, and it, we're, we can stop and pause it throughout the whole thing, all right? Jesus. Comes through a portal. Where am I? Here. I'm not meant to be here. I don't understand how this has happened. What the hell is going on? Look, who are you? Oh, please. You must help me. What have you done to yourself? There was an accident. A big fire. I looked down. My, my hands were all burned and blistered. And there was so much smoke I couldn't breathe. And I couldn't... I was trying to find my way out. Oh, please! You must help me! Help you? How can I help you? I can't use my hands. 
can't use my hands. I have to get back. Back hmm. home. There's only one way left for me to return, and it lies in your hands now. Don't worry. We'll get you home. You need three pieces of paper. Here it gets creepy, people. Some on the piano. Three pieces of paper, she says. She carries the big-ass candle over the piano. Will this do? Yes. You draw a line on the first piece. Okay. Yes. Across. Cross. Yes. Writes an X, but whatever. A curve. Sure. Be careful what you draw, people. Here. Look, watch this. <gasps> Magic. Thank you. Oh no. Look at that mono brow. Thank you. She's up to nothing good right here. Is there something I can give you in return? My shoes, perhaps. Uh-oh. My pretty red shoes. Boy. Take Look, here it goes. Okay, so that's the setup. Now she's going to convince her to get these shoes and use them. Oh, boy. Watch. Check it out. It's a gift. It's a gift. So the, the witch lady just went through the portal again, right? Her hands were unraveling. I don't know what that was all about, but the shoes, they jumped on this lady's feet by themselves. I'm freaked out. Look, they start dancing by themselves. Oh my. Oh. There he is. She's like, who the hell's this guy? Look at her. Hands on her head and stuff. This guy's a creeper. He's in the portal and he's like, come here. Oh no. He's like, come on, come on, you're... 
So boom, she goes through the portal. Her clothes change, and this guy's leading her around. Wow. Look at this. Okay, dancing with flames and whatnot. Are magical. Look at that. Running through hell. So this is what that lady was talking about. This is what that lady was talking about. She's like, this is, you know, was, there was a fire. I burned my hands. I need to go back, you know, but, you know, I need your help to go back. And when she goes back, you know, maybe she won't be wearing those red shoes anymore. Uh-oh. They're dancing on skulls and fire. Boy. Now look at this. Is that water they're dancing on? Some magical fluid or something? Uh-oh. The half-assed moonwalk she dragged to do there. Okay, the feet are still moving. He picks her up. She's exhausted and her feet are flailing. Oh boy. Look, now this this woman gets away scot-free. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Now it gets creepy, everybody. Now watch this. Oh, the fires of hell are burning still. She wakes up. Look. Take off the shoes. <laughs> you can hear them. Look at how she's sitting. Did she cut her legs off? Listen to the whipping sound of those feet. My goodness. I've never kicked and heard a whipping sound. Those are... Breakneck speeds that she's kicking at. Get a knife. Get a knife. Get a knife. Get a knife and cut them off. Cut them off. Please, you must help me. Oh no. What? Please. It's really happening. It's really happening to you. It's really. Okay, so when I first saw that, I freaked the F out. I'm like, what the hell is this guy saying? It's really happening to you? And then I went back and listened to the song, and that's what she sang. You know, it's really happening to you. But my God. Creepy. So he soothes the feet. He's soothing them down. 
Yeah. She tricked you, you know. She tricked you. you must sing back the symbols. Mm. Sing back the symbols. Let's go see Lily. Sing back the symbols, everybody. Oh my god. Yikes. Yeah, no, tell me about it. Like, when I saw that, I was like, what in the God's name? But Kate Bush, I guess, is into this kind of stuff. She's into that weird visual aspect, weird art type of stuff. And, you know, Kate Bush's song, like I said, was it blew up because of Stranger Things. Because Max used to listen to Kate Bush, and when she was getting abducted by the uh, number one or whatever the hell that person's name is, she would listen to the Kate Bush song, or people would put the headphones on, the Kate Bush song would bring her back, right? Not trying to plot spoil here, but... It's the Kate Bush song that brought Max back into the real world. And Max, if you look at her, she's redheaded, and she's wearing red shoes in Stranger Things. Yes. Yes, I looked. She's wearing those high-top vans, and they're red. They're kind of maroony maroon color, but the red, nonetheless. So even Max in Stranger Things, she has these shoes on, these red shoes, right? She's feeling determined, you know, and she has that determined kind of character. You know, she's willing to stand up. She's feisty, but she's in danger. She's in danger the entire season. All right, think about it. Now, uh, Red Shoe Diaries, so continuing on where you can see red shoes in Hollywood. You have the Red Shoe Diaries, which is a TV series starring David Duchovny. And he went to rehab, by the way, for sex. He was addicted to sex. So, like, starring in stuff like this probably did not do him any good. This TV series represents a relationship between Red Shoes and the punishment of female desire. After Duchovny's fiancée, or, oh my god. After Duchovny's fiance committed suicide, he reads her diary entries. Now, I don't know if you'd... Would you guys ever do this? Any of you? I mean, there's a little spark in there where I'm like, yeah, I want to know, but then I'm like, I don't want to know. Like, let's just burn that thing. He reads his dead fiance's diaries after she committed suicide. Duchovny learns that his fiance was having an affair. All while wearing red shoes... That her lover sold her. So she had an affair with this shoe salesman who sold her these red shoes. She put them on and it was like, got all frisky with them. Faced with her guilt, she decides to kill herself instead of choosing between the two men. Mm -mm -mm. Again, you know, you put the red shoes on and it gets you that uh, desire, lust. You can't control this person. You become someone else. And then you have this... Shame and guilt. I mean, look at the woman who just went into the, the pits of hell. She's like, cut off the red shoes. I don't want them anymore. I don't want this. Hey there, everybody. For those who don't know, this show used to be a Patreon-only show. However, now I've decided to release them all out to the public. Over the next couple weeks, I will be releasing these shows entitled From the Vault. So if you're listening to anything that uh, seems outdated, it's because it was recorded last year. 
Please enjoy the show. If you're listening on YouTube or Rumble, please hit that like button, subscribe, and leave a comment. Also, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, go ahead and leave that five-star rating, okay? It really does help the show, and I love you, and I thank you for it. All right, we'll see you soon. We can't forget about this one, the man with one red shoe. Yes, Tom Hanks is the man with one red shoe. Everybody. So Tom Hanks starred in the movie, and he was, uh, I guess the plot is he finds himself strung between rival factions of the CIA, which is just odd in itself. But Hanks is known for posting photos of just one glove, one missing shoe, one... He's known for posting this shit, right? On Instagram, and there's also the, uh, the Isaac Cappy conspiracy that revolves around Tom Hanks. I'm not going to talk about Tom Hanks either, who is also a pedophile. Tom Hanks, folks, is a pedophile. Sorry to, I'm sorry if this is the kind of bursting your bubble, all this information is new, but it's time that this comes out into the open because we are going to change the way everything works because at the top levels of, uh, of, of wealth, of power, the very top levels. These people are just sick and psycho. None of that has been verified, everybody. It's all just hearsay, but there's, uh, I know Mouthy Buddha had a, uh, a documentary about that and the whole Pizzagate thing. So go check that out. Very interesting. The man with one red shoe. Right? So red shoes are all up in Hollywood's business. You can't get away from it. So let's dive into the conspiracy, shall we? The Red Shoe Club conspiracy theory. Are there connections between red shoes, the global elite, and satanic rituals? It's a loaded question. The Red Shoe Club conspiracy theory involves an allegation that some Hollywood executives like wearing the shoes that are made from the skin of children. It's theorized that the red shoes are symbolic to the skin of children who have been ritually sacrificed. And this even ties back to King Louis XVI. Yes, the grandson of King Louis XIV, the Sun King, right? So the grandson, King Louis XVI, uh, written by French writer Denis Diderot. It's French. He records that Louis XVI received shoes made of human skin. And that historians have paid almost no attention to this. The story is too far out there for most to take it seriously. However, he explains how to tan human hide in one of his writings. So the theory could hold some weight. So they're saying, yeah, this this seems a little too far-fetched, you know, blah, 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 but he goes on to say, hey, but if this was a real thing, here's how you tan the hide and make it work. Okay? Suspicious, right? Very sus. Let's look at the Macaulay Culkin conspiracy. Back in December 2017, a number of questionable websites alleged that during a French radio interview, former child star Macaulay Culkin said that Hollywood was controlled by, quote, satanic pedophiles who ritually murder children. He allegedly claimed that they make skin shoes from the sacrificed children. And 
again, this kind of regains some traction with the whole uh, Balenciaga controversy. People were saying that Louis Vuitton red shoes, those were made out of sacrificed children and all that stuff. So this kind of got brought up again. But this interview, according to this article, so this is the only place that I could find this interview is just located in articles. But I wanted to hear it. I want to hear Macaulay Culkin say this, right? And I don't know if he speaks French. Being on a French radio program, you'd think that you have to do the whole thing in French, but maybe they speak English, you know? According to the article, Culkin described Hollywood executives as bloodthirsty Satanists who, quote, ritually abused children in the industry. Culkin claims that he only got out alive because he was, quote, smart and suspicious. And he, quote, got too famous to be killed like some of the other kids. This is also a quote here, uh, supposedly. You learn very early to recognize which of them want to abuse you and which of them have darker tastes. The worst of them wear shoes made out of the skin of children that they ritually murdered. Have you seen leather products made from human skin? It has a very unusual distinctive look. I learned at a very young age to identify it. Culkin further described how one Hollywood executive tried to get him hooked on crack at the age of 11 and boasted that his tailor-made leather shoes were made of the skin of dead child star Heather O'Rourke. Now, Heather O'Rourke was the little girl from the poltergeist, and she had a very suspicious death herself, so people were saying, wait a second, this doesn't make sense. Was she just... Could this be? Was she sacrificed and made into shoes? But like I was saying, there's one glaring hole in this conspiracy. There is no evidence to suggest that the interview ever took place. I myself could not find the footage of it. However, the article does provide screenshots from the French newspaper Les Echos with the caption, quote, Macaulay Culkin claims Hollywood studio executives rape and murder child stars and use their skins to make boots, belts, and wallets that they use as, quote, skin trophies. But the screenshots can be faked, and without the original audio source of the interview, I think this might be some bunk, right? I think this might be some fake news. But you know what's not fake news is Podesta art. Tony Podesta, the brother of Hillary campaign manager John Podesta, has an art collection that was subjected to incredible scrutiny following the WikiLeaks and the Pizzagate controversies, right? The disclosures there. His collection, infamously referred to as Podesta art, includes the morbid sculptures and paintings by, uh, what is this, Biliana Zerzevic. These paintings often depict children who appear to be abducted, bound, and abused. Also seen in several of Jurjevic's pictures, red shoes. Yep, kids in red shoes. In June 2015, Washington Life magazine, they state that Podesta had turned his home into a shrine to contemporary art. He had pieces from artists such as the aforementioned Jurjevic, Marina Abramovic, we all know her for her spirit cooking and stuff. Tony Podesta was also invited to several of the spirit cooking events. And also French sculptor Louis Bourgeoisie. Oh, oui, oui. And so Bourgeoisie was also known for his spider sculptures, and he created massive spider uh, sculptures, like these gigantic. And it looks just like the, the big spider monster on Stranger Things, so tying in Stranger Things again. And in fact, I think Tony Podesta had a house 
built around one of these things. He bought like a massive sculpture and he had to like build the house around it or something. So there's something with Stranger Things, the red shoes, the going after children. We have the uh, the big spider monster, you know? So there's something going on here. So I found that that was all very interesting. Tony Podesta's living room was shown to contain several photos of underage girls lying on the ground. And then you had some that were arranged on a tile floor with dead leaves. Now, this Djurjevic, uh, she creates these pictures with these little girls in their underwear, and they have red shoes on. You know, some of them, uh, there was one picture that you had several girls in chairs with their hands tied behind their backs wearing red shoes. There was one photo as, as well where you had a bunch of girls in their underwear with red shoes on on a bench. But the bench looked like it was in a pool or like in a shower or something because behind them was tiled kind of, uh, you know, tiled back wall, which you'd have in a shower or it looked like a pool maybe. Right? So there's speculation that these kids were modeling and posing inside of a pool. And the reason why I bring that up is because now we're going to talk about Anderson Cooper and the Vanderbilt pool. And so we're going to tie this in, starting at Anderson Cooper as a child with his brother Carter and his mother Gloria Vanderbilt on a bed. Right? And a side note, that the Vanderbilts are an Illuminati legacy family with direct ties to the Collins line, one of the 13 Illuminati bloodlines. Now, that's something to dig in there, so we will have that on another episode. Noticeably in this picture, though, behind them on the wall, you had this uh, perverted rendition of Our Lady of Solitude on the specific charm that Gloria Vanderbilt had on her necklace and how it relates to the red shoes. The necklace was actually the Guatemalan silver charm necklace and was likely acquired as a spoil of war. People were theorizing that the Vanderbilts may have financed the overthrow of the Guatemalan government in 1954. They also suspected the Pan Am was supporting human trafficking. Now, if that is the case and the Vanderbilts acquired that necklace, I mean, that thing looked super old. So they were saying that that looked like an original, which would date it back to 1500 something. Right. And if you look at what those little uh, those little charms are around the centerpiece. A couple people referring that to a, a binding spell. So you have this necklace as kind of, it goes back to Guatemalan voodoo magic. Ooh. Witchcraft, sorcery, all that stuff. Now, this pool belongs to George Washington Vanderbilt. People noticed that the Vanderbilt pool had some of the same noose-like ropes along the sides of the pool and had the same tile kind of structure as the Georgievic paintings. There was also a little platform in the pool that looked very similar to the platform where the girls were sitting on in the Georgievic photo. So people were doing some math and they're going, okay, is this right? There was actually another Georgievic photo of the girls hanging in the little, the noose type things around the pool. And someone put that in a screenshot saying, hey, look, maybe this was used to hang the girls from. Very, very odd and very, very morbid and uh, nothing absolute, right? This is all just suspected. But it's, it's very suspicious. Bill Maher owns a film company called Kid Love Productions. And in 1991, he made a film called Pizza Man. 
in which he starred. Doesn't mean anything. Pizza is still a food, people. But, you know, when you relate it to kid love, you're the pizza man. I mean, Pizzagate does kind of stand out there, right? The, the pizza lingo. Um, also, an interesting note at the climax of that film, Bill Maher's character kills Donald Trump. Well, here we are, Donnie. What's it going to be now? I still want my 1523. I guess the only thing left to do is to kill you. Bulldoze the Ambassador Hotel and build the tallest, ugliest skyscraper in L.A. with you entombed in a cement foundation. You bastard. You'd gridlock Wilshire Boulevard, wouldn't you? I wanted to beat you, Elmo. Beat you at your own game. But if that means I have to kill you, well, so be it. No. No, you can't. I love him. No! Not the sausage, you fool! Your blow is all up! That's the idea, Donnie. Shoot me and we'll all go. Come on, get back! Ollie, in the corner! No, no, Elmo. Let's negotiate this. I'm a master negotiator. You still don't get it. All I want is my 1523. No, no, never! You can have the palace. You can have the plaza. You can even have the Taj Mahal. But never, never will I give you your 1523! All right, we'll do it your way. But this is for Vince and the King. Going back to Tony Podesta real quick, he had a red shoe party. So there's a picture of Tony Podesta wearing these red shoes with his friends in 2009. And this was a photograph of his 65th birthday where they were all wearing red shoes, right? Having a good old time. The party was referenced as the, quote, red shoe affair and was put on for the Souls for Souls shoe charity. Right? So S-O-L-E-S, Souls for S-O-U-L-S, Souls. Wow. That's a little awkward. Now, uh, the guests were asked to wear red shoes. The theme party, quote, was my wife's idea, Podesta confessed. Heather Podesta is his wife, and she has also been photographed wearing some creepy jewelry, you know? So, I mean... We'll see. We'll see what happens with this whole red shoe thing. I I don't know. There's a lot that you can tie in with the, uh, I know Alex Soros was seen wearing red shoes, but it's just like once you wear red shoes, did that automatically just tie you into a satanic pedophile? You know, like where do you draw the line? When you see a bunch of people together wearing the red shoes and they're doing it for a ritualistic slash whatever purpose, that's what you got to follow, right? Because the Pope... That is interesting. It's just interesting that the Pope himself will wear these red shoes, and it's indicative of the martyrs, the people who die for the religion. Now, if you tie that into the satanic pedophilia, could it be you wear the red shoes as a symbolic representation of the children who died? I don't know. You know, the Podestas themselves are worth digging into in a completely separate episode because there's a lot with Tony and John Podesta matching the drawing, the outline that was drawn for the missing girl, Madeline McCann. 
So when Madeline McCann, the three-year-old, went missing, there was a sketch, a photo sketch drawn from multiple sources, and the sketch looks just like John and Tony Podesta. I mean, the mole on Tony's head and everything. Um, you even had the the pinching of the glasses. So uh, in the picture, that was the sketched picture, John Podesta wasn't wearing glasses, but he still had the imprints of where the glasses would be on the nose, right? It was that detailed. So there, there's a lot to dig into, you guys. I mean, this whole red shoe conspiracy is something that is there, but there's not a lot of uh, solid proof yet. I'll just leave it at that. It is very, very interesting when you see the symbolism throughout the films, right? When you see women, specifically, little girls, specifically, in the paintings. You see women and Snow White. You see um, heroin, you know, these, these heroines throughout movies that are wearing these red shoes that are supposed to give them power, determination, but then they're in danger the entire time. Max in scarier, or, uh, Max in Stranger Things. Snow White, uh, Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, always in danger, but they're being determined and they're being brave. Very, very, very strange. All right, so hopefully you all enjoyed this episode. Um, if you know any more sources for the Red Shoes, send them my way. I can do a little segment follow-up, maybe. I would like to follow up on this because this stuff keeps on coming out, seemingly, like with the whole Balenciaga thing. More and more was coming out, but it just... Is it just regurgitating those fake articles? You know, and that's what we got to be careful of because those fake articles are put out there on purpose to uh, discredit the actual real story, you know? So that's what we got to be careful not to do is not dilute it down. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for all of your support. And if you do like this episode and you do want to uh, leave a comment, leave a comment and I'll, I'll follow up. I always do. And I'll respond. All right, everybody, until next time, sayonara. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.